Hello, dear friends. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I'm so happy. <laughs> Amen. I think I've used up the word glad. I'm going to change it to happy today. I'm so happy and glad that you have joined us today on this broadcast. In these perilous times, in these dangerous times, these outrageous times that we are living in. Uh, We need to put our focus squarely upon the word of the Lord and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You know, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Praise God. And the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. And the Bible said when He comes, He will guide us into all truth. Hallelujah. Amen. And the scripture said in John 8, 30 and 31, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth. Hallelujah. And the truth will make you free. Well, we're continuing in the word through this Bible study. Now, I know many Christians who go to church for the programs and the fellowship and those have a place, and, and but they are not first place. Our first reason for assembling together is that we might, through the leadership of that ministry, receive the Word of God into our life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The, 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 the instructions in righteousness that we might be right with God. It's all in the Word of God. The comfort that we need is coming from the counsel of the Word of God. Scripture said, For the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning, that through the patience and comfort of the Scripture we might have hope. Amen. So, when we go to the Word of God, something is occurring. This wonderful bread of life, we used to sing it, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. And to His faithful He calls, Come and dine. Come and dine. The Master calleth. Come and dine. Amen. Well, we want to dine upon the Word of God today. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you today, uh, starting a new subject, uh, as we are, are going through what I believe is the beginning of sorrows. And I want to say t- something to you about what is happening right now. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. I wish I could tell you that everything now, as soon as they find a cure for this this virus, as soon as the economy gets back on track, that all will be well. There's nothing else to overcome. friend of mine in the Bible is very, very clear that there are certain signs that would say uh, that the end is near, but it is not yet. But they are what Jesus called the beginning of sorrows or birth pangs. In other words, this will start something that will conclude when all the things have been fulfilled. So I believe we are in the beginning and this is just the beginning. I also believe that Jesus is coming very, very soon. 
praise God. And if you're a Christian today, I want to talk to you about the inheritance of the overcomer. The inheritance of the overcomer. There's a lot of things that we as Christians must overcome in order to have victory. That we must overcome in order to have victory. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Revelation chapter 21 and let's read verse 7 and 8. He that overcometh, he that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, I want to, I want to go back to 1 Corinthians for just a moment before we go forward with the inheritance of the overcomer. I want you to have an incentive to overcome. I want you to get your fight back. Amen. I, if you've lost it, if you're, if you're not contending for the faith, you're, you will not overcome and you will not know the victory that's already been given and granted by Christ to every child of God. I, I, I've made it, I don't want to, to, to take away from the seriousness of, of this message today, but I will say this. Every child of God should be able to say, <laughs> victory is my business and business is good hallelujah because without overcoming there will never be victory now i know there's a scripture and i know where it is in first corinthians 15:57 and 58 that says thanks be unto god which giveth us the victory you see god has given us the means to obtain victory through christ we must exercise the will and faith to overcome and achieve victory. It isn't served to us on a platter like curb service. Here it is. You've got it. You have no responsibility uh, to exercise your will to overcome and the faith to overcome. And that you see so many Christians are not fighting the good fight of faith. In fact, a lot of Christians are not fighting at all. They are losing ground and they are being overcome by the enemy of our soul. You see, there are three great enemies we must overcome in order to have victory. And we can overcome. Number one, we need to overcome the world. The world. The world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, First John says. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Oh, friend of mine, so many people who name the name of Christ are being drawn into the same value system as the world has. And therefore, we're being overcome of the world instead of overcoming the world. Listen to me very carefully. Someone said it this way. If you've got a good boat and you are in the water, in that ship or that boat, you are safe and sound because that boat is designed uh, to go into the water and keep you from drowning. But if you get water 
in the boat, then you have a real issue that you better take seriously. If it's a bigger boat and there's some kind of pump to pump the water out until you can try to repair the boat or get to land, that you better, you better crank it up. You better keep it in good working order because that, then you're in danger of sinking and drowning. Listen carefully to me. The church was designed to be in the world, but not of the world. That's why Jesus prayed unto the Father. And He said, Father, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but I pray that you will keep them from the evil one. The church in the world is for a purpose. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its savor... It is good for nothing but to be cast out on the dunghill. Listen, we need a mighty spiritual awakening in the church of Jesus Christ. Don't expect the world uh, to suddenly have a light go on and come running into our churches and people giving their heart to Jesus because we're praying for revival until we become the light, until we become the salt until we become what God has destined us to become in order to be an effective witness to the world about us. Listen, friend of mine, this is crucial today. He that overcometh, overcometh, looking unto Jesus. It all begins with Jesus and it, be, and it finishes with Jesus, doesn't it? Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We talk a lot about victory. We sing a lot about victory. But victory is only possible when something or someone is overcome. And through Christ, we have the means, hallelujah, to overcome. Everything we need has been put in Him. He came to achieve victory so we could achieve victory. By overcoming the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world is Satan's system uh, of darkness. The Bible said darkness is, is the, the element that covers the earth. And it, it, the Bible said everyone on this planet is in that darkness. They can't see for the God of this world has blinded the minds of men, lest they would see the glory of the gospel and be saved. The God of this world has blinded, He's created this darkness. We are here as God's illuminators, <laughs> luminaries and illuminators. I don't even know if that's a word, but luminaries is. We are here to let our light shine before men. Said it before, good works is a, is a good thing. But there are people without God and without Christ that are doing many good works. This is not like uh, Bill Gates uh, giving money to charities out of his billions. Listen, this is about following Jesus. This is about having a different, diametrically different value system than the value system of the world. This is seeking first the kingdom of God in everything. And then he said, I'll take care of all these other things. The Gentiles seek after all these other things. And you need these things. But you put the kingdom first. 
And the kingdom is not a mystical, mysterious uh, 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 kingdom. It is very clear. Amen. Kingdom simply means where a king reigns. That is his kingdom. Where a king reigns in undisputed authority. Now, it's indisputable, biblically, scripturally, and spiritually, that Jesus reigns and Jesus rules, that he is king of kings and he is lord of lords. It's not the question today. The question today isn't, is he lord? The question today is, is he your lord? Is he my lord? Does he rule over my life? Do I surrender and submit unto his rule. You know what they said about Jesus before He was crucified. What the Jews said about Him. We will not have this man rule over us. It's what made an angel a devil when the, when Satan, Lucifer, when he said that he wanted to be God. He didn't want to bow to God or serve God any longer. We're in a planet in rebellion against God. And there's a spirit of anti-Christ. But friend of mine, when you come to Christ as your Savior, you're submitting to His rule. I don't believe you can come to Christ as your Savior simply by reciting some words that, that say you have faith. I believe it begins in the heart when we surrender, repent of our sin. And no one can be sinlessly perfect, but we can be perfectly committed to following Christ. And when we follow Christ and we seek His kingdom over the kingdoms of this world, and by the way, the devil showed Jesus the kingdoms of this world, He will show you the kingdoms of this world. He'll show me the kingdoms of this world. We've even got a so-called, I call it a pseudo-gospel, it's, it's a so-called gospel that doesn't have the core of the gospel at, at its center and it centers around what God can and will do for you. And, and if you look at it in honesty, it is the very same value system as the world. Who wouldn't follow Jesus if it costs nothing? Who wouldn't follow Jesus if it promises you everything in the material and physical sense? Who wouldn't follow Jesus when there's no self-denial, only self-indulgence? Who wouldn't follow Jesus if there was no cross to bear? Who wouldn't follow Jesus if obedience didn't to Him and surrender to His Lordship in our life uh, didn't, wasn't necessary to truly be a witness for Him and unto Him? You see, in order to achieve victory, we have to overcome the world. And we have to, in order to follow Christ, what do we do? In order to follow Jesus, go to church, Give so you can get rich? No. No. God will bless your giving. Don't get me wrong. In order to follow Jesus, there's a prerequisite. If any one of you would be my disciple, Jesus said, let him deny himself. That brings us to the second enemy that must be overcome. Not only the world, but that that the world appeals to. This satanic system is designed to appeal to our weak flesh. 
And that's why the Bible said, and Jesus said, in the Scripture, in the New Covenant, if anyone would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and then follow him, and then follow him, and then follow him. The good works that it's talking about is the following of Christ, being an upstream Christian in a downstream world. Amen. And without this, then we have people naming the name of Christ whose values and morals and, and everything about their life matches the world. Their music they listen to, the, 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 the people they look up to and idolize, and be, the, the icons uh, in their heart. Listen, friend of mine, this is not a day for the church to be filled with the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're of God, little children, the Scripture said, of those that have come to God by faith in Jesus Christ. You're of God. Listen, listen to what this says. I, I like this. In First John chapter 5, and let's read verse 4 and 5 about overcoming. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world well let's back up let's back up let's back all the way up i'm going to take time because we're not going to rush through this this is an important message today i have been a pastor for 46 years and counting and one of the things that is so heart-rending for me is to see people whose values match the values of the world about them instead of the kingdom and the king which has come to live within them. Listen to chapter 5 of 1 John. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and every one that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. This is not keeping the Ten Commandments perfectly. No one could do that. If we could do that, Jesus didn't need to go to the cross. But this is that heart, that new heart that is placed within us. When we come to truly know Christ is our Savior, the Scripture said in the prophecy concerning the new covenant that He would establish through Christ and His shed blood, amen, that He would take out the heart of flesh, stone, and put in a heart of flesh. And he would write his laws upon the heart, not upon a tablet without, but upon the heart within. For verse 3 says here, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. We have a heart to obey. I struggle against my weak flesh and against all the pull of the world. This is a good struggle. This is a good battle. This is a good fight that we are in. It's called the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. But I have a will to obey Him. I have a heart to obey, not to disobey. That's, that, that is the hallmark of the change that comes when we come to know Christ as our Savior. Amen. And we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. We don't frown when we read what 
Christ says to us and what He says He wants to do in us and through us. Amen. Hallelujah. We bow. We bow and we surrender. Listen to verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is not about church membership and baptism in water and affiliation with a denomination or an organization. This being born of God is what Jesus talked about when He said, Ye must be born again. This is a work of the Holy Spirit transforming the heart. (laughs) Hallelujah. Working the work from the inside out, not from the outside in. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, this is not, this is not faith to get a mansion. This is not faith to get a Maserati. This is the faith, that body of truth that was once delivered to the saints and now is is sustained in the Word of God that we might understand that the faith, which is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, the faith that was once delivered to the saints, it's our faith Because in this faith, we see that God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And He's given it to us when He gave us Jesus Christ. Amen. So verse 5 says, Who is He that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God of God. When you believe on Christ as your Savior, that He is the Son of God, and He is the Savior of the world, and you make Him your Sovereign, your Lord, and your Savior, when you repent of your sins, everything we need to overcome is given us. But victory is not just ours without the exercise of our will and our faith. And I talked about earlier, uh, you know, many people not fighting the good fight, not fighting the good fight. Uh, in the scripture in, in Ephesians 6 and verse 10, it said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. One pastor was so discouraged in what he had seen in his own congregation and his friends and some of his fellow ministers. He said, we could just stop with we wrestle not. Many people are not concerned about winning the battle, overcoming the enemy, that we might achieve the victory. A friend of mine, there is no victory without a fight. The word victory itself means someone or something has to be, must be overcome. Amen. And we are over, we have been given everything we need. Take the armor of God. You can overcome the devil, but you've got to take the armor of God. And if you don't overcome him, he will have the victory over you and me. And he, we will not have the victory over him. But if we take and put on God's armor, amen, we will win the victory because why? Because we will overcome. The promises are to the overcomer. And the world must be overcome. 
Hallelujah. In this world, you'll have tribulation, anguish, and pressure. It's going to try to wear us down and turn us back. This entire system is flowing away from God. An old friend of mine, Jesus, said, but be of good cheer. Uh, You're in a fight. Make no mistake about it. You're in a battle. But cheer up. I have overcome the world. One translation said, I I have robbed it of power to harm you. If we put on the armor of God, if we seek first the kingdom of God, you see, Satan showed Jesus to tempt him the kingdoms of this world. And he told him, it's in my power to give this to you. Well, of course it is. He's the God of this world, little g. He's the one that has the great influence in this planet because of the darkness that he brought to it. Oh, but when Jesus came, amen, He not only was the light of the world, He made us the light of the world. And when we follow a different king and a different and seek a different kingdom, our values will not match the world. Praise God. Jesus said, I have went before you, I've overcome, and I've given you the wherewithal to overcome. But friend, You and I must fight the good fight of faith. We can. We will overcome. But you don't overcome by just going along and going with the flow. We have to go against the grain. We have to become counterculture. We have to stand out as being different. It will bring persecution. It will also bring revival. A time of refreshing from the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. As we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, there's another enemy, and it is our own weak flesh. Amen. The world system is designed to appeal to our flesh. And that's why Jesus said it starts with self-denial and taking up your cross. It's not just the persecution that the world brings. You know, our flesh can feel, our flesh can get a a case of the poor old me's because we have been persecuted for following Jesus. And that's the thing that comes to the mind. But it's, it's far beyond just persecution. It is the persuasiveness of the world to our weak flesh. The pull of the world. Amen. Listen, friend of mine, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. You can serve God with mammon, but you can't serve God and mammon. Amen. That's why the Bible said you've got to lay up your treasure in heaven where the thief can't steal it, the moth can't corrupt it. For where your treasure is, listen, that's where your heart will be. Your heart follows your treasure. And you have to place value upon Christ and His kingdom and heaven instead of the things of this old world that are passing away. Oh, friend of mine, not only do you have to overcome the world to obtain victory, you have to overcome the devil. Uh, uh, and the flesh, and the devil's appeal to the flesh. We have an adversary, the devil, but we have the armor of God. Having done all, having overcome all, 
that we might stand. Take our stand. This is where the will is operated and our faith is in full operation. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places wherefore in other words without this spiritual armor you can never overcome this spiritual adversary and that's why there's so many christians without victory and that's why the church is without revival today but i believe god has a revival a time of refreshing amen to grant a victory because Christians that are revived and Christians that are refreshed are going to be Christians that are not going to lay down and let the devil walk on them. They're not going to go along with the persuasiveness of the world and they're going to actually crucify the flesh with the lust thereof. That's what it means to take up your cross. It means to crucify the flesh and the lust thereof. To reckon ourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. And in order to be dead unto sin, you've got to be dead unto self. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and do what? Follow Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. To walk as He walked. Praise God. Amen. Oh, friend, that's the good works that catches the eye of the world. They see us fulfilled. They see us with victory. They see us with the peace of God. They see us with the joy of Jesus. And they see us not having all the things that the world says you've got to have to have that. And they say, where, what, 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 where did you get that? <laughs> Amen. And we say, this comes. By repenting of your sin, receiving Christ as your Savior, and gaining victory over the enemy of your soul, over the system that he has to try to keep us in the darkness, amen, and over self, because we love him more than we love sin and self, and we commit ourselves to follow him. Oh, friend of mine, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, even our faith. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there's no way that you can overcome the world without Him. There's no way that you can overcome the flesh without Him. There's no way possible to overcome the devil without Him. It's only through Him that we can overcome the world the flesh, and the devil. And when we do, we can walk in victory because we have overcome the opponent. And now, through Christ and only through Christ, you know the scripture said we're to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I pray today that you will look to Jesus today. Someone out there is saying, I can't live the Christian life. I'm not going to be a hypocrite like so many I've seen. I can't live the Christian life. I'm not going to go and play church or go act like I'm right with God when I know I'm not and I'm too weak, have too many hang-ups and habits. 
Have you ever heard the song, Just As I Am? Without one plea, that's what's playing right now. But that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come just as I am. You see, He will take out the heart of stone. He will replace it with the heart of flesh. He will write His laws on that heart of flesh. And you will begin to obey Christ instead of the devil. Obey God instead of the darkness of this world. And you will find yourself saying no to what you used to say yes to. And you'll find yourself looking to Jesus for the strength grace that you need to overcome and you will find everything you need in him and you will overcome and sing the songs of victory with God's people when he comes come back next week church and let's talk about Jesus